2: Welcome to this week's episode of Relevant Recovery Radio and Podcast. Merry, happy Christmas and New Year. Hope you had a wonderful holiday. We're glad you're listening today.
0: I did. I was in Oklahoma. It was great.
2: So let me say my stuff first. This show is sponsored (laughs) by the Matthews Hope Foundation. Um, If you or a loved one is struggling with any sort of substance use disorder, alcoholism, or even like questioning if you need to find sobriety or help, uh, you can give us a call at 844-AND-HOPE. Which or is, if you do substances
0: I, and your family hates you. 844-263-4673.
2: Or you can go to our website, mhdrp.org, or you can give Candy Pants a call at 346-980-3530, and we'll answer all of your questions. We have a lovely outpatient clinic at the area of 290 and 610. We are able to do uh, peer support, recovery coaching, IASIS neurofeedback, and some counseling. So give us a call if you would like any help.
0: Thank you for listening to us today on KPRC 950 in Houston, 1 p.m., or on the iHeartRadio app that's uploaded every Sunday at 5. And by the way... If you would rather listen on a different platform, we are now uploaded on all of them.
2: Mm-hmm. Apple Music, Spotify. Spotify. seems to be the
0: top. That's where we get the most listens. And then it's. I just um, think that's
2: because most people have Spotify than other, other apps, yeah. but we're on all of them. Podcasts. I can't see
0: the iHeart stuff. You can see that, I think. Mm-hmm. I think they do. Anyways, we're all over, and we have Facebook and Instagram.
2: Search at Relevant Recovery Radio on Facebook or Instagram, and you will find us.
0: And we respond. So if you agree, disagree with something we say on here, we'd love to hear we about had it. We have some
2: cool messages and comments of people that have been enjoying the show this week and thanking us for some of the topics that we've done. And people
0: that enjoy ours, our show? Apparently. Was it you? Were you posting to yourself? I did not do that. <laughs>
2: I did not do that. But it's cool. If you're listening uh, today on KPRC at one. Um, We are currently at the NRG Stadium Mm -hmm. enjoying uh, the first annual Recovery Day event with the Houston Texans playing the Tennessee Titans.
0: That's it, the old Oilers. And
2: that's where we are all at. There is about 740 sober people up in the stands celebrating recovery and, and New Year's Eve. Are they going to?
0: So, this is the first annual. Are they going to do this every year? They've already
2: confirmed the Houston Texans want to do it every year. It'll be even bigger next year.
0: Oh, that's pretty amazing. Because when I heard about it, I'm thinking, okay, that's, you know. Soccer fans, whatever it's cool, but <laughs> it's
2: football. But okay,
0: seven hundred and forty people. That's actually quite a bit. So
2: it's cool. We we just didn't know what it would be because we didn't do something for the first year. It was just a really great idea. Um, I'm on the advisory board with the Party Silver Partnership, and and you uh, guys
0: sold out, right? That you oh, sold yeah. all the tickets, tickets are
2: sold out. Um wow. And so we didn't know how many people would be interested. And also, you know, when you think about football and things like that, a lot of times there are certain kinds of beverages that are sponsors of events. And so a sober event could be uh, appearing to be in conflict with the other sponsors. So we had to be really mindful because we're not against alcohol. We're not against it at all. We just happen to be people who love recovery. We live our lives in sobriety. I'm
0: pro-alcohol
2: actually.
0: (laughs) I'm pro-marijuana. No, really. Honestly, I am.
2: I am too because if people can do that and have a great life, more power to you. Absolutely. i support you yeah um i just end up with seven felonies and right. so i just I can't up do that
0: with my pants off in a bar being asked to leave and not figuring out how i got there <laughs> and uh
2: and so our good friend jordan is heading up the uh sober tailgate party in the yellow parking lot section 38.
0: this is the same jordan that was on our show a few weeks ago
2: yeah and so um i'm excited because we're flying my son out uh from oklahoma he's flying in uh, saturday to go to the event with us sunday and uh, and go to our New Year's stuff, and then he'll fly back Monday.
0: And so we went to Oklahoma for Christmas. We
2: did. I have a I had a wonderful visit with my parents, my children. My sister came down to see me, and it was a good time.
0: It really was good. It's I am I always fear going into Oklahoma because I'm afraid I'll catch it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know it's very contagious. Um, no, but- you
2: should tell the listeners when we woke up. Sunday morning in Oklahoma at the hotel when I sat up in bed. What'd you say to me?
0: Something about... You
2: said, good morning. <laughs> do you feel stupider in your home state? Then you said, let's have a spelling bee. <laughs> and you thought that was hilarious.
0: I still find it I'm funny. <laughs> I like it.
2: It wasn't funny then to me.
0: And then you told your dad about it.
2: Yeah. Why would you do that? I want my dad to like me more than you.
0: Well, too late. <laughs> <laughs> um, the cool thing about the trip though, was that our church pastor recently resigned because he was called to a church in Oklahoma. He was being obedient. It was actually a smaller church, which, you Much know. Much
2: smaller church. Yeah. And so we actually got to go visit his new church in Marlowe, Oklahoma. Which was
0: really, really cool. Yeah. So shout out to Pastor Matt in Marlowe, Oklahoma.
2: And I just want to give you some props, honey, because for the last several weeks leading up to that last weekend, you've been very difficult to live with. And um, you have turned things around, and I have noticed a profound difference. You were just wonderful. You were very supportive uh, when we went to my family, and you drove the whole time, round trip, and you were just kind and easy to get along with. So I really appreciate that. I don't have to murder you in Oklahoma.
0: Although it would have been easy to get rid of the body there. You have enough context. I know people. You know, uh, we did our last show on my maladaciousness, my malady, and...
2: Can you take your gum out of your mouth for the show, please?
0: Sorry. What really hit me after like going through that was that it was really just a downhill slide into self. As soon as I made that decision in early November, like, hey, it's that time of year. I got to rest. I got to relax. Take the foot off the gas. And then it just compounded into hating life and not getting enough self time. Right. You,
2: Yeah. You went back into self-obsession and you were entitled and yeah. very difficult and you... Uh weren't enjoyable in Vegas. And so you, you did some actions to turn things around.
0: And and it, the, the action was simple. Once I realized where this had all began and what was going on, it's just the uncomfortable forward walk at that point. Um, I started making my prayer meditation more intentional. I reached out to some potential sponsors and say, Hey, uh, or get off the pot. Let's do this. Or I'm going to find somebody else. Let's get back in the work. And It's really as simple as that, is I have to begin self-sacrificing my time again to find the joy, the peace, the contentment that I think I can find in self-serving activities.
2: I agree with that. And I'm grateful you took the action.
0: (laughs) Don't go anywhere because when we come back, we have a special guest in in studio studio today, Candy Pants. Be right back with Relevant Recovery Radio. Welcome back on a very serious, relevant recovery radio.
2: Why so serious?
0: With your hosts, Heather and Donnie, <laughs> and special guest, Candy, Candy Pants.
2: Pants. Um, you were saying before the break, honey, about how you took action and, and all of that. And it's um, it's so parallel. I was just working with a sponsee this week, if she's listening. Hi. And we were talking about um, keeping your car clean mm. uh, and manageability stuff. And I said, you know, uh, what I've noticed... Is our external environment is a reflection of our internal condition. Yeah, and I can remember when my my house was filthy when my kids were little and I was spiritually very unwell, and so what I noticed is now that you have taken the action and you are in a better swing. Mm-hmm. Um, You've done so much more around the house. You installed lights that have been burnt out forever. you redid the whole garage. You purged stuff. You th- put the stuff at the curb to get rid of things that we don't need. You went through clothes. I replaced the guts
0: of a toilet.
2: You just, um, you've just you been so productive, and that sort of stuff is good for people's spirit, too.
0: Yeah. I, I went this morning and sat in the garage and smoked a cigar in my clean garage just to <laughs> enjoy it.
2: Yeah. So I wanted to throw that out there um, as food for thought. Food for thought for people that feel like the housework is overwhelming. Just get up and get something done. It is good for your spirit. You will feel better.
0: It all goes back to self. Yeah. It all goes back to self. All right. So today.
2: We have a serious um, topic. We
0: have a very serious topic
2: on Relevant (laughs) Recovery
0: Radio. So we want to talk about something that actually I think happens a lot in recovery. So we Um, should
2: say hi to Candy Pants first. Hi. Well, I'm I'm, I'm getting there. Hold on. (laughs)
0: What? That that happens a lot in recovery, and it's not talked about a lot. Now, Candy Pants and I have similar...
2: Experiences.
0: Similar experiences. Different outcomes, similar experiences, and this was your idea mm-hmm. to bring this up. So, l- let's hear it.
2: Oh, infidelity. So, we want to talk about infidelity, and so if um, you maybe don't want your kids in the room to listen, now would be the time to shoo them away um and so i want candace please share your experience
0: and are we pro or con infidelity <laughs> i just up. need to know which Shut side up. we're coming from
1: what up seeing as how my situation turned out we are con okay <laughs> all right
0: just making sure i wanted to take the right stance
1: yeah so infidelity so it's it was an interesting journey so i did not stay sober um through my journey of infidelity and and what wound up happening, so I was sober. This was the first time I was sober. I was a, a little little over two years, like two and a half years sober. um and malady was just very real in my life mm-hmm. and And at this time, I don't actually know what's wrong with me. I don't understand untreated alcoholism. I had never really been given an adequate presentation
0: when you say malady, do you mean spiritual sickness? Mm-hmm. okay, go yeah,
1: ahead. yeah, so, um. What I started to do was I started looking for things that were a safe route mm-hmm. to fix this internal condition for me as opposed to drinking or drugging or whatever. So um, I wound up cheating mm-hmm. and I, I remember, I remember trying to um, trying to blame it on everything else. Like I had started psych medication at that time as well. <clears throat> because surely there was something else wrong. It couldn't have been <laughs> alcoholism, right? And so I'd started psych medication at that time. And I remember blaming the psych medication for, like, this Im- Im- impulsivity, right? And so um, I started cheating, was hiding it, eventually got caught, didn't care, and I drank. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about a four-month process before I drank. I was able to get away with it for a while. And for a while, I think I felt better. Um but what happened was i relapsed my husband also relapsed and it landed him in an overdose that almost killed him um and so it's one of those things though that i think is so easy it it crops up so easily where and it's overlooked because it's not drugs or alcohol mm-hmm. it's it's this other thing right mm-hmm. it's this other you know whole other issue People oftentimes overlook it and they think, oh, well, but it's not drugs and alcohol, so surely I won't drink behind this. But it's it's a form of spiritual sickness, right? It's me being absent from God to the degree that I feel like I have to do this thing to feel something, Mm -hmm. right? And Um, it's also
0: pretty rare in the rooms. It's like people don't—I'm sober, now I'm good. Let's mm -hmm. not talk about the things that I do in sobriety especially— and people don't really talk about I it. I think
2: it's important that we talk about it and how it relates to recovery. I remember um, before I got sober, I had poor behavior with men and I remember like a few people that lived with me warning me uh, about it this this you know your behavior with men will lead you to a relapse and I'm like yeah, right, but then it always did. But you had mentioned something Candace, you mentioned the phrase untreated alcoholism because you were sober with untreated alcoholism when you acted in this behavior. So for our listeners who don't understand what you mean, explain untreated alcoholism.
1: So untreated alcoholism is completely absent from God. I'm just I'm just sober. I'm just, just dry. I'm just dry. Mm-hmm. I'm just sober. I I have no spiritual program of action. I'm I'm doing absolutely nothing to maintain sobriety. I'm literally white knuckling it. This is untreated alcoholism where I'm I everything is going wrong. I have so much unmanageability in my life. I can't seem to be of real use to mm-hmm. others, right? I can't I I'm not i am not happy um, completely discontented but sober right Right. Um, and I'm searching for a reason and this is you know to the point of the the psych meds I'm searching for a reason so I'm going you know doctor shopping and trying to find the right medication that's gonna fix this problem Mm -hmm. right and so the right medication at the time was the guy right Mm -hmm. yeah Um, and so and and that's it's such a dangerous place to be in and even a person who's been recovered Can fall back into untreated alcoholism. And so it's it's one of those things that, like you mentioned, the I'm good idea is so dangerous for a person. Um, And especially if prior to getting sober, they had had, like you had mentioned, having issues with men. I had issues with men my whole life. Yeah, me too. Um, and so, and it was never an area of concern. I never have. It's
0: weird. Shut never up. had issues with Well,
1: and it's never an area of concern when we get sober. The only area of concern when we get sobriety. sober is sobriety, yeah. right? And we don't actually highlight through a fourth step all of these different things. And and oftentimes we're dishonest and we're not forthcoming with, you know, with the sponsor and we're not saying, oh, you know, hey, by the way, I did X, Y, and Z, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because in our minds, because we're so small-minded when we come in, in our minds, it's all about the drugs and alcohol, right? So um I just think it's super important to know and and you're right, we don't talk about this enough. We don't talk about um I mean, I never really hear about this. It's always this like hidden thing yeah and it's always like super hidden and secret we don't talk about that and i'm i'm always when i tell my story i'm always super open about this and i get consent from my husband who is still with me thank god but um i get consent from him to tell this part of my story because there are so many women that i've set across from and i've helped with these struggles and and having had experience with it and i wish that we were more transparent. Mm-hmm. I wish our community was more transparent. In I wish a way,
0: if if they're able to, to do it with the right, solution, <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> if not just problem, the problem problem problem. We shouldn't true. be in a meeting just talking about true what we're doing. But, but I think that there is something to be said when when someone is trying to get sober mm-hmm. and they have that focus. They always say, "You take away the drink or the drug, what do you got left?" You got sex, you got shopping, you got food, mm-hmm. like you got to look for these sort of things to rear back up because yeah. that's a red flag that a drink is on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. I, have,
0: I have two questions. Yeah. One is when we're doing a defect of character that's hurtful, we're getting something out of it. So one is what, what were you, you getting out of it in the moment and then in the end, what did you actually get out of this as a result of this action?
1: Like what? What did I get out of that whole thing? The transactions
0: the, during it. What were you getting? What, what was validation, the Validation, esteem. Like what were you getting from? Because we, if we weren't getting anything from, it, we, wouldn't we wouldn't do, do it. it. Yeah.
1: So it was adrenaline. Mm-hmm. There was an adrenaline rush behind it. It was the uh, not getting caught. It was the it, it it was new. It was a shiny new toy. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side of that, oh, what spiritual prices did you feel you experienced oh. after? yeah what did you pay um guilt a lot of guilt and shame a lot of uh, um, turmoil in my family and my children my husband Mm -hmm. watching watching my family just struggle incredibly behind this and knowing like I have to face these people because my husband stayed with me Mm -hmm. this is something that I have to face on a regular basis still today this has been years ago and it's still today it's still a very real thing um but that's that's the other side of the direct amends It's the living amends. It's the changed behavior. It's showing up every day knowing I did that, you know. Right.
0: That is, I love that you brought this because it is something that we never really talk about in the rooms. I'm the same way. If I say it from a podium, typically I'll give her a look.
2: Yeah, he asked my permission to before say. Before I do it because yeah.
0: it's like if God puts it on my heart. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Relevant Recovery Radio. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio with your hosts, Heather and Donnie, and our special studio guest, Candy Pants.
2: <laughs> Talking about infidelity today and we how it are. correlates to recovery.
0: And, and here's a weird thing. Before I tell you what I did, um, here's what I will say. Looking back, I regret the people that got hurt, but I don't regret that it happened. Yeah. Do you feel the same way? I
1: do. Absolutely.
0: So I got, I got sober in like 2013. The first year was just not drinking and I was really happy. It was a great year.
1: Mm-hmm. Take
2: your gum out of your mouth.
0: But you told me to bring gum to the studio. That's a different reason. I hate you.
2: <laughs> you just smack him while you're talking in the microphone.
0: I'm enjoying that gum.
2: <laughs> I can tell.
0: Um, years two through four, uh, I, I I was not honest and open enough to face what was really going on in my life. I yep. was not. I couldn't see my own buffoonery. I couldn't Mm -hmm. see it. Everybody else was still the problem. Um, And just to
2: be clear, you weren't married to me back then. You were married to the wife before me.
0: Correct. Correct. And I'm, believe it or not, a little nervous to talk about this today. And you'll see why in a minute. Um, So, leading into 2017, uh, my marriage was not good right we were just roommates and 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 i basically i'm gonna i'm not even gonna go into all that because it's all an excuse yeah yeah it was all an excuse to do what i want to do and so my my infidelity stint is about a six month period in my fourth year of sobriety um, and a few things were going on number one i felt the same discontent in my life like i just wasn't happy i wasn't okay i wasn't at peace
2: you didn't know that you had untreated alcoholism, but were sober. You didn't, that's right. you didn't know.
0: That's right. What does John say? What? I can't treat my alcoholism with sobriety. Right. right? If you plan just, to
2: just, being, just be sober and you think that treats alcoholism, you're wrong.
0: That's right. And I wasn't doing that work because I wasn't self-honest enough to see it. Mm-hmm. Whew. All right. So here's what happened. <clears throat> I was in a motorcycle club until 2019. Um, I had started losing weight in 2015, Mm -hmm. so now we get to 2017, my marriage is unfulfilling and not good, it's not in a good place, we were kind of just roommates, uh, and I take all the blame for that, by the way, I take the, I take the blame for the entirety of my second marriage failing, Mm -hmm. I, I really do, um, I was looking good, so I dropped a bunch of weight, um. I'm in a motorcycle club, you know, broken women in the 12-step fellowship, love, bad boys, and uh, I was getting attention. Mm -hmm. And I had never received attention like that ever. Now, I didn't understand that this validation, esteem, and this attention was counterfeit and and it was only going to, you know, it lasts a very short period. Mm -hmm. And so mine was the same as you, Candy, like I would... Be, I'd get that spark of attention and I'd pursue it. It's like a drug. It's and, and it builds in you and it's like this craving and it's like then you start texting and then the text gets spicier and spicier and maybe pictures and then bam, the physical happens, right? And leading into the physical in my mind, and this is all retrospect. This is not in the moment. I don't right. know any of this. I don't know this until I do the work after it. The physical is going to be the most amazing life changing thing. And typically, it's such a letdown. (laughs) It's a letdown because it doesn't do for me what the operating system in the back of my brain is telling me it will, Mm -hmm. right? The subconscious.
2: And that's why you usually go home and people feel empty or depressed or more lonely. It's worse. Leaving
0: the moment, leaving the moment, I am overcome i I can't think of a word to really emphasize this i am overcome with guilt and shame and remorse Mm -hmm. and i can't believe i did it and i'm never gonna do it again until i get that next wink yeah until and and this went on for about six months Mm -hmm. and i almost drank over it Mm -hmm. i probably came the closest to a drink in my sobriety at that period of time than and you have in 10 years. Th- yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was, <clears throat> I remember standing, I'm I'm like.
2: You're uncomfortable, I see it.
0: I'm uncomfortable because part of the work I did was to first of all, <sighs> whew, I had to get to the truth of whether or not I love this woman. Mm-hmm. And whether or not I love this woman had nothing to do with her. Yeah. I want to say that clearly because my fear is she's going to hear this. Yeah. She was a good woman. She was a good wife. Um, I married her out of necessity for a nanny and a housekeeper and somebody to keep me from killing myself with drugs and alcohol. I didn't know that then, but when I look back, that's what I was doing. So
2: your motive was wrong the whole time.
0: But not knowing it. Yeah. Um, And so part of the work was that I... Well, I got a new sponsor because my sponsor fired me, and rightly so, because I had been doing all of this and didn't tell him about any of it. And if we don't have honesty between us, we have nothing between us, right? This new sponsor had been through it. Mm-hmm. and we immediately got to work, and he made me face the truth.
2: So what you mean is, for our listeners to understand, immediately got to work, you reworked the steps at five years sober around your issues with sex. We
0: never talked about drugs and alcohol.
2: Talked about Because drugs behavior. and alcohol
0: weren't the problem. My behavior was the problem. Yep,
2: your spiritual condition was the problem, and the self-obsession was just manifesting in a different way than alcohol. 100%. Yeah.
0: Um And that man, I love him to this day. Um, He basically got me through the steps and then I moved on and got a new sponsor and stuff. Mm -hmm. But he helped me so much in that period because he made me. So you and I.
2: We met at the tail end of that.
0: Right. In fact, I was still in the house with her when you and I met. And you were very clear right off the jump. Mm -hmm. I am not meant. I got one of those. Everybody out there knows this text when you get it. You get a text, and you have to scroll 35 times to get to the bottom of the text. And those people
2: that know me know I'm not like that. I don't send paragraph novels. I'm not super girly like that. No, you
0: speak in meme. Uh,
2: Yeah, like one image speaks volumes. Okay, so, but when when I first met you, honey, you actually kind of lied to me and said that you were newly single, and we don't need to get into that because we don't have time. But um, two days later, I found out you were actually not... Fully single and you were still living with her she didn't know three
0: frogs sit on a log one you decides had made a decision to, i get it listen You're, to me no no listen to me three frogs are sitting on a log one decides to jump how many are sitting on the log three
2: You hadn't jumped yet.
0: I had decided, but I hadn't made a move.
2: Yeah. And so I was just, um, I was somewhere very spiritually different. So my paragraph novel text to you was something like, I'm not meant to be a mistress. God created me to be someone's wife. I'm not going to be a secret. I know what my boundaries are. I know what I deserve. Like it was one of those, here's my bar, buddy. See if you ever meet it. Have a nice life.
0: And when we met, the first first night we hung out outside of a meeting we talked like five hours the second night like five or six hours like we made a real connection right off the bat it was something I had never experienced and so when you sent that text I'm like what do I gotta do because you were in a better place you need to
2: go figure that out this has nothing to do with me nothing and luckily I went back to Kerrville and that's when you reworked the steps and went through your own journey with the second sponsor
0: and so Anthony made me admit number one that the catalyst to leave my ex-wife i was leaving my wife for another woman i had to admit that yeah and i didn't want to oh he made me so mad and i remember he told me that and i was mad and i told you i was like this is what he said and you went well he's right yeah you are and i went "Ugh." and the realization i've come to now is that my first two marriages women were the catalyst for me to leave both times Mm mm-hmm That's a hard pill to swallow.
2: So there's a pattern, which is why we write inventory, is to hopefully see our own patterns.
0: And so I'm hoping the next one I leave is not over a woman. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Obviously. Um,
2: I think you're someone different now, which is what we'll get into in the next segment. But when I look
0: at everything that went down, I had a delusion that these women, this attention is going to change the way I feel, like you talked about.
2: Mm-hmm. That the grass is greener. Yep. <laughs> you know? um,
0: and I was searching for anything to find peace and contentment, and I didn't find it in that. So what I will anything say is this. Anything but God. Anything but God. And, and so what basically happened is Anthony worked with me. He made me v- be very honest, and it really made me mad at the time, but he saved my life. Yeah. He really did. He made me admit that I was leaving my wife for another woman. He made me... He is the one, by the way, who began inserting scripture mm. into the step work because he saw where I was and that I was searching. Yeah. I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I was searching, but I was because for the first four years of my sobriety, I believed in God. Just the word. Just the word, G-O-D. There was no foundation or thing behind it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it wasn't enough anymore. Yeah. Um. So he made me be honest he started introducing that he kind of stepped out and like I'm gonna do this um and there was some fallout I lost a lot of my fellowship in Katie Katie mm-hmm. is where I lived at the time um the people that were the closest to me kind of turned their backs on me mm-hmm. uh, and and i'm I'm gonna say I don't blame them yeah. I, I I take a different stance today that when I when other men do this in the fellowship, I don't, don't do con- that. Yeah. I don't condemn them. I love them through it because I understand that what I did was not to hurt anyone. It's where I was.
2: You were just that self-obsessed. Right.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: just like my drug addiction wasn't to hurt my kids or my family. It was like I was just that sick, you know?
0: Listen, the best phone call I got out of that whole deal was right after it happened. I moved into my youngest brother's spare bedroom. And I call my buddy, Matt, and I'm crying. I'm like, everybody's turned their back on me. He goes, well, I'm not. I love you. Yeah. And I don't care what you did. Sometimes we have to experience things in order to grow. Right. Save my life. So let's talk be, about that. Be right back with Relevant Recovery Radio.
2: Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio with Heather, Donnie, and Candice. We're in studio talking about- in- That was
0: mediocre at best.
2: Hey, it was my first time doing it. I um, was trying I'll take best. that though. Go ahead. Listen, so there's a few phrases I want to throw out and then I want to volley to y'all for some solution and why in the world y'all are grateful you went through this, but- there's a couple phrases that we say in the 12-step world. Number one is pain is the touchstone of all spiritual growth. Amen. I have to go through pain to experience growth. I don't go through spiritual growth when life is cushiony, comforty, easy. Um, Got and, no reason to. And if I want to be free, the problem has to be me. Mm. If I want to be free, the problem has to be me. So, Candace, what was... Wait, before what,
0: you go I want to say this. The reason I'm afraid of the ex hearing this mm-hmm. <clears throat> is part of what Anthony told me to do is that she had no clue i was doing this right and he said so you're going to ask her for a divorce and you're going to hurt her mm-hmm. but if you give her this information that she doesn't need to know you're going to harm her Even and it's more. L- mm-hmm. and it's longer lasting you get to carry this guilt to your grave for the rest of your life and hopefully it'll help you never do it again
2: right that's so, why i'm afraid a lot of times that. when it comes to amends uh, we want to tell people things that will hurt them and make them unhappy, and we're not allowed to do that. To we're,
0: offload the guilt of our own back. To offload the guilt. And yeah. so
2: sometimes the, the guilt goes to your grave. You just change your behavior and be a decent person. <laughs> you know, ask God to help you with that. Someday so, I will. Someday. So, Candace, with Donnie's experience, he had kind of more of a immediate spiritual walk change right after it happened. What was your timeline like? Because you drank again. Mm-hmm. And so you had a period and then, then later went through some spiritual stuff that mm-hmm. has
1: rewritten who you are. So let's talk about that.
2: For what it looked like for you.
1: So I I cheated twice. So I cheated, then drank, drank for two years, cheated again. Okay. Um, and decided to stay with my husband even in the middle of alcoholism and um got sober. And so when I went through the spiritual walk and I went through you know writing inventory and all of that, um, and it got to a men's. My husband knew he was. I was out to hurt him. Um, mm-hmm. It was very clear that I, I I did not hide this from him at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was not a scenario where you don't tell him. He already knew. He already knew. Were you
0: Were you in the back of your mind hoping if I tell him he'll want a divorce and I can be out of this and go find something else?
1: No. When I When I did the work, I realized very quickly that I was very lucky to have him at all, mm-hmm. um, and even more lucky for him to have stayed. Yeah. Um, doing the work. What that looks like today, so so I can tell you that it was very life changing, and I went through all of these things, and I was like, oh my goodness, like this is awful, and I don't ever want to do this again, right? But what I what it looks like today, right? Um, because I'm never too comfortable, be, just like as a recovered alcoholic, never too comfortable. I never think, oh yeah, that'll never happen again, it'll never crop up, right? There's still work that I have to do, and so. What that looks like for me today is I stay current with inventory. I stay current with honesty. That's a big key factor, right? Mm-hmm. And so what I mean by that when I say honesty is I have a person that I'm accountable to. I have a person that i I have to do a nightly review and write some secrets down sometimes, right? And I have to say certain things that are uncomfortable for me. Um, it's it's almost immediate in that moment if I have a dishonest thought or if I have, you know something that's not good, if I if I'm honest about that immediately, what happens on the other side of that is it lifts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now that's not to say that that person is my my higher power because of course there's prayer and, and meditation and all these different things that come along with that, right? But it's the it's the act of telling somebody mm-hmm. else who is not going to co-sign, mm-hmm. who is not going to say, "Oh girl, tell me more." Yeah.
0: Well, mushrooms right. are like. <clears throat> secrets are like mushrooms. They,
1: grow in, the they dark. grow in
0: the dark and they die in the light. Right. And the other thing too that you and I have to worry about or that we have to do the proactive work around is that lust slash infidelity is in us. Mm-hmm. It's in us,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? That's yeah. something that I have. And that
2: was like a Because so like when we got together, a lot of people say, well, aren't you afraid he's going to do it to you? Once a cheater, always a cheater, blah, blah, blah. And I can honestly say two things. Number one, I think that m- most people are capable of anything, <laughs> mm-hmm. given a certain degree of spiritual sickness. Most people could, could do anything. Um, so I think that there's that. But I also think that that's between you and God, and that I'm so okay with God that I'm going to be okay no matter what you do. Mm. And so I, I don't live in that place of jealousy or tracking you or worrying where you're at or i'm not living that life anymore i did that in high school Uh, i am not i i refuse to live my life like i'm still 18 and insecure
0: well for the first time in my life i am proud to be a one woman man i'm proud to be that in
2: 2019 you and i were walking around the track walking our dog Mm-hmm. And it was a revelation for you. You were so excited to tell me that you were felt finally like you were a one-woman man. And I'm like, well, crap, I hope so. <laughs> I didn't know that that wasn't a thing up until today.
0: <laughs> There's a problem being with me is that like what I think or what happens just comes out. Yeah. I just say it.
2: But So no, I'm not worried. And with both of y'all, I, th- I see both of y'all being very honest in doing the spiritual work um, so that God can remove that defect from within y'all.
0: So what good, and this is going to sound ridiculous to some people when I say this, Mm. what good came out of this for you?
1: The cheating factor? Mm -hmm. Oh, so much. Mm. So it's just like Heather said, there's no growth if there's not pain, right? Um, Here's what happened. So I finally, in those moments, I finally came to the realization that there's actually something going on deep within me and there is so much work to be done and i am the problem Mm -hmm. and so that's why i'm so worry,
0: matthew we will have that isolated (laughs) for you
1: and i'm so grateful it happened because i don't know i don't know that i would have Mm -hmm. i don't know that i would have dove in the way that i did to try to figure it out i i did everything from working the spiritual program to therapy at some point at some stage of the game which It's not for everybody. It wasn't for me. Um, Some people it works really well for, but I did all of the things, right? Um, I'm grateful that it happened because on the other side of that, I also got to see a version of my husband that I didn't know existed. Mm. Um, I got to see God working through my husband in in this loving way where my husband was like, we are married and I'm going to rock it out with you. No matter what. And I'm going to work through it because what happened the last time that I cheated the day that I came home, my husband had hit his knees for the first time and cried out to God Mm. and begged for for just some relief. And I walked back through the door Mm. that like in that moment. And so. He got so he to get, had a moment he in did. That. He got to get a really deep connection with God through all of that. Through so, his pain. Through his pain, absolutely. Yeah. So there were a lot of little little nuggets, uh, like little God moments that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Mm-hmm. Just like I'm, I i don't regret doing you know drugs or alcohol. That's it's what I was same, about to say. I the feel the same thing. thing about my heroin
2: yeah. addiction. I don't think I would have realized the degree that I was the problem, my spiritual condition, and would have never done the work around it. <clears throat> had I not become a heroin addict. Right. And so wow. I'm so grateful I went through that horrible time. I, I regret the pain I caused my family and my kids. Right. One thousand percent. That
0: That's what I want to say is that I, I regret the pain that I caused. Yeah. I regret the pain that I caused my ex, uh, an 18 year marriage. Mm-hmm. I didn't fight for it. I didn't, you know, there's some regret there. Not like I want to change anything, but there's some regret there. Absolutely. <clears throat> but what is the good that came out of it? Well, within a year in a year and a half... Ban. After re- reworking the steps and going through this, number one, I was able to help nine different men going through the same thing. They all sought me out because I was talking about it. I was open about what I had done. Number two going through the divorce, being going from a very nice home and nice furniture and nice everything down to a bedroom, a spare bedroom at my brother's house and having nothing. I was stripped of everything. Mm-hmm. I was stripped of pride, ego, dignity, all of it. And it left nothing but Christ for me. And that was literally when I found Christ was when I had nothing left. Like God was leaning in going, here I am. Mm-hmm. And that's... Uh, and then the other thing is that I also have compassion for others going through this. I don't condemn them yeah. because I didn't do this to hurt all the people around me. I did it because I was seeking comfort, contentment, peace, love, and joy, and I didn't know that I could only get that through God or what that even looked like. Right. I was trying to get it through external circumstances Mm -hmm. with other people
2: yeah and the reason i'm excited we did this topic is because this is going to be something that hits home for a lot of people listening and uh and so we love people and we want to help people and this is just something that happens when people are spiritually sick right
0: thank you for listening to relevant recovery radio today we'll be back in another week
2: Mm -hmm. and don't forget those who stand for nothing will fall for anything
0: hashtag god though